0: This is Positively Farming Media. Want to become a part of an exclusive drink and farm club with benefits? Then you want to become a Patreon peep. Patreon peeps receive exclusive discounts on merch, fun gifts from Sam and I, a whole series of our show that isn't available anywhere else, And so much more. There are different levels of membership available. So you can choose one that has the perks you want. And the best part is you can adjust your peep level anytime, which means that you can participate in a way that works best for you. Becoming a Patreon peep is the number one way you can tell the world that this podcast is worth creating and listening to because your membership has a direct impact on the show's budget. To join, go to patreon.com slash today and pick a tier that has the perks you want. Welcome to We Drink and We
1: Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community.
0: We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We
1: keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink
0: and farm things. Oh hey there, welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. I am still solo hosting Bev Ross here, but this week we're going to do something different yet again. That's kind of the theme for this year. It's new, exciting, different things, but it's different in that it's a throwback to something very old and nostalgic to me. This is the playback for Drink and Celebrate Rural Women. It is the episode where Sam and I got the opportunity to interview Caitlin Dubin of the Rural Woman podcast. And now Caitlin and I are really close because of Positively Farming Media and the work that we do with that together. And Lately, I realized that I've been doing this solo po- podcasting thing now for the last few months since Sam's been on maternity leave. And I was just kind of feeling kind of lonely. And I wanted to go back and and hear, you know, hear my friends and hear some of the early stuff of our storytelling and where we've kind of been from that perspective. And so this episode got dug out of the archives and I'm so glad uh, that I dug it out. I really enjoyed getting to listen to it again. And I think that you're going to get to enjoy, I think that you're really going to enjoy listening to it as well, whether you heard it originally back in 2019 or not. So our drink peep this episode is our friend Ashley Kiernan. Cheers, lady. Thanks so much for sponsoring this episode. My drink this episode is coffee, which if you've been watching me on YouTube for the last couple of minutes, then zero surprises. You probably saw me holding my mug and might have groaned a little bit because coffee is just kind of what I mostly drink. But, but I actually did pour over coffee. So I did something kind of interesting and different. And the reason I wanted to share that with you guys is because pour over coffee is one of those things that you kind of have to make a ritual. I'm a very ritualistic person and I've really enjoyed my mornings of slowly boiling water and grinding the beans and running it through the pour over. And so I wanted to share that with you in case you were looking for something kind of ritualistic to reconnect yourself to your, you know. Cold morning, you know, hot beverage that, and I of course use the beans from the coffee that we sell with our friends over at Kringle's Confections. So you can order the coffee beans that I use for my pour over from our website if you would like to support our shop. You can do that by going to kringlesconfections.com. The beans that I am drinking today is a mix between the brown sugar cinnamon decaf and yes, I said decaf, but it's mixed with the uh, solstice, which is the Costa Rican bean. So I'm trying to cut down on my caffeine just a little bit because I think that it makes me just a tad jittery. So that is why I did a mix of caffeinated and decaf. So we'll see if it works. Anyhow, let's go ahead and get into this episode. I'll let you listen and enjoy without being too tainted by my thoughts, except for the fact that I just really loved getting to hear these ladies again and myself with these ladies again. And I hope that you really enjoy it, too. I'll share my thoughts after we're all done. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things, the mini-sode. Yes.
1: So you may be asking yourself, didn't you guys just drop a mini-sode like two days ago? Yes. Yes, we did. But we had the opportunity to interview another podcasting queen this week um so we're really excited to just give you guys this content right away
0: yeah especially because when we spoke at coop camp this year our presentation's main focus was on why you yes you in all capital letters you should be telling your farm story via podcast and we know that podcasting is a ton of work, and there's probably a lot of women out there and a lot of women that are our listeners in the farming space that have a story to tell, but don't have the time or energy to create their own show. So today we're talking to Caitlin Dubin, which is also known as at Wild Rose Farmer on Instagram about her podcast, The Rural Woman Podcast.
1: Yes, and Caitlin has had this podcast since March of 2019, um, and she, like us, is on, like, all the podcast apps, and her claim to fame is interviewing other women in agriculture. So it's a great place to go to hear other women's stories. Um, and it gets y'all feeling good and women empowered and she got, you guys, you guys will hear it in the interview. She's lovely and funny and charming. And uh, I think I might have a little bit of girl crush now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And in fact, um, there will be links to all of her stuff in the show notes. And if you are one of those listeners that wants to tell your full farm story in like an interview style, then Caitlin has a form on her website to submit that. So if you listen to our episode together and you really like her and her vibe, then go do that. And you can be on her podcast, which is really exciting.
1: Yes. Yes. And we highly recommend it because this episode is actually really special because it's a two-parter and there's another half ready for you to listen to over on the Rule Woman podcast where Caitlin interviews us. So you might learn some things about us that you don't know yet. So after you listen to this one, make sure you hop on over to the Rule Woman podcast and check out
0: our interview that she
1: did for us.
0: Yeah, so today we're gonna talk about Caitlin and how she got into farming and where she came from and talk all about her podcast and what inspires her. It's a really good episode and like Sam said, don't forget to go listen to the other half over on her podcast, The Rural Woman Podcast, but otherwise, let's just dive right in and enjoy. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us, Caitlin. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, so we're super excited to have you here, and um, and for our listeners to get to know you a little bit. So, why don't you tell us a bit about you and your farm? Well, my name is Caitlin Dubin.
2: I am a female farmer up here in Canada. Um, that is north of where you guys are. Um, <laughs> My husband and I uh, farm on our certified organic operation here in southern Alberta. We grow a variety of crops, um, cereals and oilseeds, and he is a multi-generational farmer, and I am a first-generation farmer, I believe, in my family. Um, I married into farming and became a farmer through him so we became certified organic this is our second full growing year as organic and we're pretty proud of that it's a lot of work but (laughs) and yeah that's kind of the the basics of what we do
0: here Well, that's really exciting so you guys just got certified organic what what do you farm on your farm I'm gonna say farm a lot Well, we grow a variety of things. So kind of our
2: biggest uh, crop that we've grown the last five years has uh, been hemp. For uh, We grow it for the grain, and for the seed. And we'll do other things like cereals and barleys, wheat, beans. Uh, this year we have quite a few sunflowers. So it's kind of a mix mash of kind of a little bit of everything.
0: That's so cool that you farm hemp because Sam and I have talked a little bit about hemp farming on the podcast before. So we're like super curious to hear all about that and how that works in in Canada because you guys have been allowed to farm hemp for a while, right? Because it's kind of new here for us in the States.
2: Yeah, I think it was just... Um, If I remember correctly, last year or this year is your first year that you can legally grow it in more states than you had before or at all. Uh, But yeah, no, it's been legal here to grow. There are there's lots of loops and things that you have to jump through to be able to grow it. Um, You need to be certified through Health Canada. Um, So you have to go through their contracting processes and they have people come and inspect your farm and that kind of stuff. So it is a... It's a difficult crop. I will say it's not the easiest thing to grow. It's kind of a pain. Um, it grows really tall, really fast. It's hard on equipment to um, to process, but um, yeah, it's been good. It's definitely an eye-catching crop when you're driving by, um, because oh you drive by and you're like, what on earth are they growing over there? <laughs> I wanna stop at that farm. Yes, yeah, so. But yeah, no, it's been it's been a good crop for us and we we've been doing this. I think it's been at least 5 years we've been growing hemp now. So
1: That's very cool. Do you guys have any kind of livestock on your farm?
2: Well, I personally have my own miniature livestock operation. I call it my husband does not <laughs> call it an operation. He calls it a mishmash of whatever I found at the auction and brought home. <laughs> so <laughs> I like it. <laughs> right? Last year I started uh, with five boar goats So, and the reason behind that is since we are organic we don't use any chemicals or pesticides or anything like that on our crops or on our lawns or anything to help with weeds or bugs or anything like that so um, one thing that we thought about and we talked about was what kind of livestock we could have on our operation that would help mitigate some of the weeds and I love goats. And I I don't know where this love came from. I think it was from like going online and seeing like the goats in pajamas, like jumping around and like, oh my God, (laughs) I want those goats. But then realistically thinking like, well, what, what can I do on the farm to have these animals that would be beneficial for us and beneficial for the community afterwards and that kind of thing. So I decided to go with boar goats, which are mainly for meat goats around here anyways and so yeah i got my first five goats last year and tried it out thought it was i liked it it was pretty good so this year i decided why not get 10 goats and uh (laughs) two bottle calves so that's what i brought home from the auction this year and yeah it's been it's been a big learning curve um it's kind of I get help from our crew when I need it, but other than that, I'm kind of a one-woman show when it comes to the animals on the farm. But we also have a feedlot on our property um, for cattle, but we rent it out. We don't do anything with that, but I definitely go and try and see those cows and make them my friends, but they're (laughs) not my friends. But. So yeah, it's kind of a mishmash around here. I'm an animal lover. And I don't know if that's a really good mixture of being a farmer and being an animal lover, because it can get emotional at times. But Mm -hmm. so far, it's been okay.
0: (laughs) So how long have you been farming?
2: Well, technically, it will be married three years in December. So it will be three years then. Uh, But when we got married, it was never my intention to ever be a farmer. I was marrying one, but it didn't mean I had to be one. I worked I had a whole, I guess, separate life before I I became a farm wife and a farmer. I worked for post-secondary education um, institution in the town that's near us. And I worked in post-secondary for eight years, I believe, before I left my position to become a full-time farmer. I We were married for nine months before I decided that it was time to leave my job and give this a real shot. So I, I fell in. I don't say I fell in love because there's still some days where I'm thinking like, what on earth am I doing? Um, but, <laughs> but I fell in like with farming and I decided that this is what I wanted to do and put my hat in the ring for it. So,
1: so is there anything you miss from your past life that you just kind of had before your relationship and your marriage and in your previous job um, that you haven't really found a substitute for? in your in your new farm life or do you feel like you've kind of gone through a different season in your life um, and you don't really miss that anymore? I definitely have things that I do miss but I
2: feel like I'm in a place now where I feel more comfortable with being Mm -hmm. on the farm. When I first got out here I was literally like a duck out of water. I didn't know (laughs) what was going on. I had no idea about agriculture Basically, I didn't know where my food came from or how it was grown. Um, I asked a lot of silly questions that my husband looked at me, he was like, are you serious? Like, you didn't know that? But, you know, I, it wasn't an interest, I I was interested in my husband, but not his farm life. But I quickly realized that his farm life is our life and it's everything. I think the one thing that I miss um, the most is my personal hygiene. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I I had cleaner hair when I lived in town, but <laughs> other than that, um, the isolation factor was a big thing for me for quite a while. Um, though we're not far from where I lived before, it it just feels sometimes like it's a whole other world out here and people from my previous life I guess don't quite understand what we're doing they don't understand the Mm. severity sometimes of the work that we have to do and that we basically have one shot each year to make make enough money to live to the next year kind of thing so yeah it's it's definitely a learning curve that I have I'm accepting better now than I ever have
1: so
0: Yeah, there was a, uh, there's a book that I'm reading. um, It's called Country Grit. And it's about someone who left the city and moved to become a a sheep farmer. And I had like a tiny bit of PTSD when I was reading her first chapter. And she talked about how when she left her life in the city and moved to a farm, she felt really alone because none of her friends were happy for her because Mm -hmm. they didn't understand it they just they didn't get it and I've definitely experienced that and it can feel really really isolating
2: yes well and we've talked about this before being like the weird chicken person or the weird goat person it's like (laughs) these are the things that we do on our daily basis now like this is what we do and this is how we live our lives and for the people who don't have a chicken or a goat they're not going to be able to relate so much to you as when you're telling them about the goats and that kind of thing their dog doesn't really they're not really the same right (laughs) so yeah I'm definitely the weird goat person now of all of my friendship circles and I'm okay with it though
1: (laughs) yeah yeah speaking of being the weird goat person I was telling my small group of work friends who who are animal lovers um but I was just, because I think I'm so used to talking to Bev on a regular basis now, I started talking about how my one goat got diarrhea. And I was thinking, like, how am I going to get, a like, a poop sample to take to the vet to understand, like, if he, like, what his worm load is. And they were, like, looking at me like I had three heads. And they're like, excuse me, what what's a worm load? <laughs> like, and we have this dry erase board in our office where... We like put down w- weird things we say throughout the day just to kind of blow off some steam, and now the word "worm load is on that board because they just thought that was so strange. <laughs> so luckily, I have some very accepting <laughs> friends that are more interested in what I'm doing, but sometimes I still feel like the weird kid at work and, and I forget <laughs> where I'm at sometimes and that and that they're not gonna totally understand what I'm talking about, right? So I, I feel you on that one. <laughs>
0: want to be the first to try Ross Bruce Farms experimental series goat milk soaps and be surprised each quarter by what's in your shower but in a good way then my soap csa is for you Choose the CSA share that best fits your soapy needs. Each month or quarter, you'll receive either two or four bars of the latest styles and scents of the season. Ross Roos Farm Goat Milk Soap is made in Bainbridge, Ohio with milk from our farm, oils and butters that cleanse and soften the skin, fresh herbs and flowers from the garden or locally sourced, natural pigments, essential oils, and fragrance oils that have been thoroughly tested for skin safety and scent longevity. I never use palm oil. Bring joy to your daily cleansing routine and get your first soap CSA box by going to com slash soap. So, Caitlin, if you weren't farming, what would you be doing right now?
2: Oh, man, this is a good question. I would probably still... Be working in post-secondary. I really like that. I went to I went to college and I got a job at the college right when I actually while I was a between my first and second year. So I was able to work throughout my second year and then I was hired on full time after that. And I really I enjoyed it. So and I think the reason I did enjoy it was because I really liked helping people and I liked helping people realize their potential through post-secondary education. But I think whenever I think about like what I want to do when I grow up, I think it always comes back down to I really like helping people and providing them support. So in some capacity, I feel like I would have a job that does something like that. But then at the same time, when I look at the overarching thing of agriculture, it's like, well, I am helping people and being a podcaster I guess helps people so I guess I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing just in a way I never imagined it would be
1: (laughs) right
0: that's the way it goes
1: yeah life has a a way of doing that to you (laughs) it's never what you think it's gonna be but I think I think that's a great point that those skills are transferable in that you're using them because it's like second nature to you I, I think that's really great So what do you consider to be the most valuable life lesson that you've learned from farming? Uh, I think hard
2: work (laughs) more than I ever knew could
1: possibly be.
2: Um, I grew up with some extremely hardworking parents. They were business owners and my dad's been a mechanic since he's been like 17, 18 years old. Like I've seen him work hard like to the point where he couldn't move anymore. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, man, like, this is a lot of hard work, like I don't want to do anything like that. So I'm going to go get an (laughs) education so I can work hard behind a desk kind of things. But I, once I got out to the farm, and I actually got to be working outside and working in equipment and working beside my husband and starting to understand the soil and the life that we're providing out here for ourselves and for you know feeding people and keeping the soil healthy that kind of thing like it's so rewarding so I think just learning to work hard in a different way in not only physically but also it's mentally draining to be a farmer like you have to make Mm -hmm. decisions that you don't know if they're going to benefit you and you're not going to know for the next four or five months until you get to harvest and so that's been valuable to me um And on the flip side, I guess for me and my animal agriculture, I've learned to love and let go, I guess. Um, Like I mentioned before, my goats last year, they were meat goats and this year. Um, Also have meat goats as well. I have some that'll go for breeding, I assume. But um, providing food to feed the world is probably one of the most rewarding things for me and my job Um, I love these animals like they were my children or my pets and I give them up to you know be processed to be in somebody's deep freeze and when I first started doing this I was like last year when they went to market I was like unconsolable for at least like two weeks and it was so hard but this year Um, I actually lost one of my calves um, due to joint ill earlier in the season, Mm -hmm. so that was another big learning thing for me. It was like I did everything I possibly could for this calf, and she was just dealt a crappy hand from the beginning, and I did everything I could do, and I gave her the best life possible, and I also gave her the easiest death possible um, instead of letting her suffer, so that was kind of a big learning experience for me this year, too. And, you know, my goats, I've already sold a couple this year and I sold them to a beautiful family from Nepal who were more than thankful that they were given the opportunity to eat what they were used to eating. And they Mm. can't get this here in Canada that often. So it was It was a treat for them almost to be able to find this. So um, I went and dropped them off there and I knew what was gonna happen to them. And these people, their whole entire family was there and they all came and thanked me for growing food for them. So I got in my truck and started crying as I drove away. (laughs) And not because I, obviously I was sad for what was going to happen to the goats for their no good, very bad day. But I also was just overwhelmed with emotion of these people being so thankful to have food to eat because, you know, we don't like think about where our food comes from a lot. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the very long answer of what I've learned from farming. It's every day is a new learning experience for me.
1: That was a great answer. Which is really amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with us. That's really awesome. Mm
0: After a long day at my desk, one of my fave ways to unwind is with my flock by throwing a grubbly happy hour. The best part about a grubbly happy hour is you can enjoy it in whatever way suits you best. Whether you choose to do a leisurely stroll as your feathered friends follow you for more, rage throw them at the sky so they rain down and melt the day's stressors away, or get fancy and mix up a grublito for your flock and mojito for yourself, there's no wrong way to do it. All you need is a bag of Grubly Farms Grublies and the energy to get to where your clucking BFFs are. To get yours, go to grublyfarms.com and use code DRINKINFARM25 for 25% off your first bag. And take the mental stress off your party planning by subscribing and having your Grublies auto-delivered, and you'll also save on every shipment. So... In addition to being a female farmer, you also host your own podcast, The Rural Woman Podcast. So will you tell us a bit about it and why you got started in podcasting? Sure. So
2: last summer,
0: I was in our old
2: dusty Fent tractor that has no air conditioning. And I have to say it was probably like 32 degrees Celsius, which... I don't know what that is in American Fahrenheit, but it was very hot (laughs) and uh, had the windows open. It was dustier than heck. And I was just uh, mowing along and I was watching Instagram stories while I was working. So don't tell my husband I do that. But (laughs) (laughs) I was watching these stories of all of these different women in agriculture that I follow and you know, I was just so amazed by how many different stories that they each had and it varied from one story to the next. So there'd be a female rancher or a female farmer or a homesteader or a farm wife and a farm mom. And they were all doing so many different things on their farms or homesteads and ranches. And I just thought like, isn't this amazing that we all have different roles on our operations, but we all have so many similarities as well. Um, And just being a woman on a farm is quite just like an interesting job to have. Like there's no two jobs that are the same. And so I'm just in awe of all of these women. And I'm just thinking that their stories are so amazing. And I thought, well, what can I do to help get these stories out to more women? And like I could share them with my audience on Instagram. But what is something else that I can do? And I was just thinking, I was like, well, I could start a YouTube channel, but like I said about the personal hygiene thing, my hair's not always that clean, so (laughs) (laughs) didn't know if people wanted to see that. But (laughs) um, but I thought, like, what do I enjoy doing when I'm on out working or any driving to town? I love listening to podcasts. So what would it look like to start a podcast? So I Googled how to start a podcast and read like the top 10 things that you need to do before you start a podcast. And I thought, huh, that looks really hard. And (laughs) I was like, well, maybe I'll do this, maybe I won't. And I kind of sat on it for a few weeks and I talked to my husband about it. I was like, I really feel like I want to start a podcast. And he said, I really feel like that sounds like a lot of work. And I was like, <laughs> it is. It is a lot of work. But I, I have this feeling like in my gut, like I, I really want to do this. And he's like, well, I'll look into it and see what it looks like. And so I Googled some more and then I thought, oh, man, I can't just sit here by myself and talk to myself. Like, maybe I should get a co-host. And I actually approached one of my friends from Instagram um, for starting a podcast with them. And we talked about it for a few months and it, it didn't work out. And I was just like, well, that's a sign, like I don't need to do this. And then still, like I still had that gut feeling, like I need to get these stories out there and I need to share these stories. So I ordered a microphone on Amazon and it came and it collected dust for a few months because I was just like, I just couldn't pull the trigger. And then one day, my husband and I, we actually had an argument about something, but I just got so fired up about everything. I was like, I'm just going to do it all. And so I came in and I sat down on my laptop and I just started going and never looked back since. So (laughs) the Rural Woman (laughs) podcast was officially kicked off because my husband annoyed me so So. I mean
0: that's good motivation right there yeah
2: so thank you so much dear husband but uh yeah so the rural woman podcast launched in March of 2019 and it has been going since then that's so exciting yeah So what I do on my podcast is I basically interview women from agriculture and it's any part of agriculture. They could be a farmer, a rancher, a homesteader, a farm wife, like whatever they, whatever their job is in agriculture, I just sit down and chat with them and ask them about their stories and what they do on their operation. And I basically have just been sitting here in awe of all of these women that I've chatted with and just been learning from them, um, learning so much, whether that be about their operation or how they do things. But just learning the re- the resiliency of a woman on a farm has been the biggest mm. learning experience for me in podcasting.
1: Yeah, I've listened to a couple episodes, and it is super inspiring to hear just the the variety of stories and the passion and the emotion behind everything. Um, so thank you for you know (laughs) fighting with your husband (laughs) and starting a (laughs) podcast because I think that's a you know your podcast and our podcast both expand the viewpoint of agriculture but in very different ways and they're both so important and I just think it's so great I love the structure of how you um interview people and encourage them to tell their stories because it being an interviewer is hard like getting people to open up is hard and so I think it's great that you finally just kind of bit the bullet and did it um and because it it's just beautiful to hear all those different stories and it's so empowering as a female to hear it too
2: yeah I think so too and that's something that I've heard from my listeners is just hearing other people's stories of agriculture has empowered them to share theirs whether it's on my podcast or just through their social media channels um, and knowing that they're not alone in the struggles mm-hmm. that they face as a woman in agriculture and knowing that they're you know their stigmas and there's roadblocks and for everybody not just them and right. helping us all kind of work through those together is is pretty empowering for not only them, but for me as well.
0: Well, and I really love that there's another farm podcast out there because I spend around six hours a week mowing and I like to listen to podcasts while I do it and I caught up on all of my podcasts and I feel like every time that happens, another one comes out and I'm like, yay, I get to binge listen to another podcast. And <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've, I've had you in my ear while I've been mowing. <laughs>
2: that's great uh, you too i love whenever i'm on the po- whenever i'm on the mower the podcast is going but uh today the mower started on fire so <laughs> it was a yeah. short podcast day
0: i mean that's the story of our lives pretty right? much everything's on fire here all the time yeah. <laughs> so you know
1: I- We were doing kind of this crossover thing. So I saw that you were going to ask us this question. So I put this question in for you too, because I'm curious to know what is the one piece of advice that you'd give someone who is looking to start a podcast? This is a good question. And I feel like we have similar answers about just doing it. But
2: (laughs) I think one other thing I want people to know. And it's it doesn't matter what kind of podcast you're doing if you're doing interviewing or you're just telling stories about your farm or if it's even about a farm podcast. But that your story matters, no matter who you are, where you're from, you have something important to say, and I think that somebody needs to hear it. Whether you know it's a funny story or it's a sad story, or you know we talk a lot about mental health over on the Rural Woman podcast, and there's you know, mental health and agriculture has huge stigmas around it. And I feel like sharing our stories in mental health and just sharing our lives on the farm, it really helps people know that they're not alone because in agriculture, no matter where you are, who you're from, there's isolation involved. Like like we said before, being the weird goat lady or the weird chicken lady Mm -hmm. to the people that live in town, um, knowing that you can connect with other people through your story. Um, I think is a really powerful thing. So if you're looking at doing a podcast or a YouTube channel, or even just, you know, talking more on your Instagram stories, like I just encourage you to do it because your words are powerful to somebody somewhere. And I think you should
0: just go on and do it. I like it. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. Because it, it can be hard and it can feel like, well, who's going to be interested in, in what I have to say? I'm just, you know, so-and-so over right. here doing this. But <laughs> no, someone someone can gain value from that. And I think it's important that people know that no matter what they do, it's important. Yes, for sure.
1: Right. And I think that too, that there's like a level of bravery that goes into opening up and telling your story because being vulnerable is, can be very difficult. So I think it kind of like our answers combined of ripping the bandaid off and telling your story are just like key to being successful in podcasting. And obviously success can look different to different people, but If you have the cojones to go off and tell your story and be your authentic self, like you're already so far ahead of so many people in the world that you should just be giving yourself a pat on the back. So we should all just take a moment to pat ourselves on our backs a little bit. (laughs) Yes, everyone. Raise your your hand.
2: Pat
0: yourself on the back. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, Done. Done.
2: (laughs) I feel better already.
0: Oh, I do too. There's something about that. (laughs) well and I feel like vulnerability is like the word of 2019 the more vulnerable we are with each other the more we can just relate or at least empathize if we can't relate that's one of the reasons why I got into listening to podcasts was I mean I grew up in a small town in the desert so I didn't get to see a lot or meet a lot of people and when I moved to a city for the first time I felt like a fish out of water But and now I live like in the country in rural Ohio, which can feel a little isolating also. But by listening to all these stories, like I feel like I know places and I know people and I know experiences that people have had good, bad and ugly. And I feel like that helps me be a better person. Right. So speaking of stories, one of the things that we do on our podcast is we ask our uh, interviewees to tell us a farm story. So do you have any farm stories you can share with our listeners, whether it's funny or heartwarming or a tearjerker?
2: Oh, gosh. Do you have a preference? (laughs) I
0: probably have one of each.
1: (laughs) I think tell them all. Yeah, you can tell them all, but my personal leaning is always funny. So.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was actually thinking about this today before the lawnmower started on fire. Um, I just... (laughs) I was thinking about um, our compost piles and I remember this was, it was the winter still. So since we have our feedlot here, uh, we have uh, access to loads and loads of manure um, from the cattle here. So one thing that we do is we make our own compost. And I remember standing at the kitchen window before I was leaving to my city job, all dressed up nicely. and whatnot and sipping my coffee and looking out the window and I thought I saw a fire because there was smoke coming out from behind the shop and (laughs) my husband had already left he was outside and I'm just thinking to myself this is my moment to shine like I'm going to go save the farm from this fire that is happening behind the shop. So I get into my little car and I go ripping down the road and as I'm getting closer I'm realizing that it's not smoke, but it's actually steam and the (laughs) steam is coming from the compost pile that he is turning with the tractor (laughs) and before I could do anything I am amidst in this steaminess of shit. (laughs) that is billowing into my car and I'm just thinking I was like oh my god and I'm trying to phone him while I'm doing this and I get there and he's like what are you doing I was like I thought there was a fire and he's like (laughs) and he was like and what were you going to do when you got there in your car and I'm like I didn't know (laughs) but I was just like so upset about this so I turn around and I so I start driving to work and I like I swear my no, like my nostrils had burned like oh. the smell into my nose for the oh. rest of my life because like you know when you when you don't grow up in the country or when you go out to the farm like your instant reaction when you get here is like it stinks so yeah this is what I thought my life was now like everything was just gonna smell like manure from now on but anyways <laughs> I get to my job and my boss looks at me and she's like you you look kind of upset and I'm like, Well So I tell her the story and she's just roaring, laughing on the floor kind of thing. Like she's just like, Oh my god, how are you going to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. Like <laughs> oh, No. So while I was driving past our new compost piles today in the mower on the way to go mow outside of our home yard, I was like, Yep, yeah, I know what this smells like now. This is not a fire, it is just steamy compost. So <laughs> it just means you're doing it right yes exactly exactly so (laughs) you don't need to be a hero folks just uh, (laughs) phone your husband and see where the smoke is coming from first
1: (laughs) oh i like that that was was a good one thank you for sharing that (laughs) okay so um last question for today if you could tell new listeners to listen to one episode as their first one of your podcast which one would it be? That's a very good question and a very hard question. I really have enjoyed all of
2: the ladies that I've been able to talk to over the last 23 episodes now I think I'm at. But um, the one that I was excited to do was with Annabelle Morgan Um, more or less because I got to do this interview face-to-face with her at the Super 8 Motel in Bozeman, Montana.
0: Oh, awesome. (laughs) I've been there. Have you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's too funny. But yeah, no, it was, I met Annabelle through Instagram, and she basically became my calf mentor, um, unbeknownst Mm -hmm. to her, because as soon as I had bought my bottle calves, I sent her a message on Instagram and I was like, hey, is it okay if I phone you? And she was like, uh, okay. So (laughs) here's this Canadian phoning. It's like, hey, I bought these bottle calves. What do I do now? Like, I I don't know what I'm doing. So she walked me through everything and she helped me when my one calf was sick and she is my other calf's biggest fan. She wants to adopt taco. And, uh, But yeah, that was the funnest one to do. And we chat a lot about kind of the experts in agriculture. And I say this with air quotes of the experts and just how important it is as farmers and ranchers and producers to be sharing our stories and to be connecting with people outside of agriculture to tell them what's actually happening on the farm. Um, So I think... The topics that we talk about are really interesting, but I also feel like the part that I loved the most was being able to do this face-to-face with a person that I connected with online who wasn't a serial killer um, that I was able to meet (laughs) in person in real life because like I said before, the isolation factor in farming is, has been one of the biggest struggles for me. And being able to find a person that I could sit face to face across with, that I could tell her what my struggles were in my current day-to-day life and for them to understand was like the biggest powerful thing for me. So that was, that was kind of, You know i liked it because what we talked about and i also liked it because i was able to sit and connect with somebody that i i met on the internet so i think one of the things that i've loved the most of podcasting is just being able to connect with other women and other people in agriculture and know that we're not alone here in this so
0: that's awesome well thanks so much for joining us today we really appreciate you coming and being with us here I really
2: appreciate being able to drink a margarita and it not being weird doing a podcast. So,
0: Right. You're in good company. Yes. Yes, you are. You can drink with us anytime. All right.
1: Yeah. So if our listeners are trying to find you after this interview, where should they go look? Well, I am on all of the social media
2: platforms uh, under a Wild Rose Farmer. I My website is wildrosefarmer.com. And they can tune in to the Rural Woman podcast anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Excellent.
0: And we'll have links to all of those in the show notes for you. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Uh, this was the replay from Drink and Celebrate Rural Women. And oh my gosh, I just I had to share with you guys um, some of the themes from – the episode that really just stuck with me because I think that they might stick with you as well. This was uh, an episode that was all about collaboration and storytelling. And storytelling and collaboration is something that Caitlin and I have been doing over at the Positively Farming Media Mastermind for uh, like several months now. It's been over a year now at this point. And storytelling is kind of the theme for this month. And so we're teaching people kind of how to tell their story, uh, and that's what we've been working on. So I felt like this episode was a nice tie-in to that. And also, you know, in the episode, we talk about rural women and rural life and, and how isolating it can it can feel. And, you know, I mentioned in the intro to this episode that I've been feeling a little isolated lately because I've been doing this solo, and I'm just not used to doing that. And so... Hearing us talk about it and reminding myself that we all feel a little isolated and a little lonely sometimes just automatically made me feel better. And I wanted to share that and give that gift to you if you've been feeling a little isolated, especially with the winter and the cold and you know the ruralness of the way that life has kind of felt lately. and and we talk about vulnerability in storytelling. And I realized that, you know, I've been vulnerable for a really long time sharing my story on here. And, you know, I don't know what the future is going to hold for a drink and farm. I don't know what my future is going to hold. I've got so many just like interesting things kind of in the works right now. And I, and I think that's why my sharing feels like it's been slightly different, or at least it's felt a little different to me, maybe a little deeper and maybe, I don't want to call it more honest because I feel like I've always been pretty honest, but maybe a little more raw is the right word. (laughs) But yeah, in, in this episode, Caitlin tells the farm story and one of her coworkers asks her, you know, how are you going to do this? And what she's referring to is Caitlin quitting her job and becoming a full-time farmer with her husband. And Caitlin answers back, I don't know. And that's that's kind of how I feel right now. How am I gonna do this? How am I going to do whatever it is that I do next? And I honestly I I don't know. And I think that it's important to tell you that because if you're afraid of taking a leap that you've been thinking of doing, or you're not really sure exactly where you're going to end up at after you jump, that's okay because it happens to all of us at some point. Caitlin felt it when she left her job and became a full-time farmer. I felt it. When I brought home my first goats, or you know, all of these things that you've heard throughout the years on the podcast, and I know Sam felt it when she was, you know, in the hospital getting ready to give birth to Jameson so much earlier than anticipated. We've all kind of been in this, how am I gonna do this kind of moment, and I wanted you to know that if you're feeling that too, it's going to be okay and you're going to do it. So that's it. I just wanted to give you a little bit of encouragement and inspiration and let you know that you don't have to have all the answers or know how you're going to get there because you will figure it out just like we always have on this show. So That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this replay from 2019, Drink and Celebrate Rural Women. Next week is another throwback, but it's another really old one. And so we'll get to talk about that next week. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to share that with you too. Uh, I'm taking a little break right now because it's the holiday season and I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do for the new year here at Drinkin Farm and at my store and at my family and at my farm and all of that stuff. So that's kind of why we're doing this replay thing the way that we have been. So if you would like to go to the show notes for this episode. You can do that by going to slash 222. Yes, that's this episode number 222. There in the show notes, you'll get links to Caitlin's favorite rural woman podcast episodes. Uh, she mentions that they are, it's her interview with Annabelle Morgan. And she actually has several of those now. So there will be a link to all of those at the time of. of this replay that you just heard, there was only one, but now I think there's four of them, if I'm remembering right. So there'll be links to all of them in the show notes, whether there's four or five or three, but there are several. I do know that for a fact. And I wanted to thank our Patreon peeps. Big huge shout out to Tonya Harold, Kimberly Taylor, DC Teitzel, and Ashley Davis cheers to you guys. Uh, Thank you so much for supporting the show. And if you would like to be a Patreon peep and get access to the episode after hours and uh, all of the other exciting things that I've been sharing over there lately with our Patreon peeps, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash drink and farm and joining at any level and you'll get access to those. All right. Until next time. Drink, farm, and give zero fucks. Bye for now. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Podcasting is about so much more than just showing up. I mean, showing up as part of it. No you, no show. But podcasting is also about discovering and recognizing what prevents you from showing up or releasing your podcast episodes consistently and fixing it in a way that recognizes you're more than just a podcast host. Is it available time, unexpected extra things flying at you from all angles, or do you need to create your podcast in a way that fits your real life? Caitlin Dubin of The Roll Woman Podcast and I have teamed up to create Positively Farming Media just for food and farm-focused podcasters so they can easily get the tools they need to set up podcast systems that will let them do just that. You'll connect with other podcasters within our niche, learn how to start and continually improve the quality and consistency of your podcast, reach more listeners, get paid for your time, and so much more. Learn more about the Positively Farming Media Mastermind by going to PositivelyFarmingMedia.com.